we get to the Star Guardians, and it is just, you know, a cold, fathomless eyes, a grin that promised nothing, Zoe. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> One of these is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, Stephen King, is that you? Did you <laughs> they bring in a Ghost Rider, but... Oh my God! We have Val- uh, the letters of Valorant start to shift, and it turns out to actually be in Vermont. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, part six of our Star Guardian special. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Hedge. What do you mean special? This is this is the new normal. This is the new world order. <laughs> the Star Guard the Stardian order. <laughs> yeah, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, it's gonna keep going. We're yep. not done yet. We're not close to done. Not close. <laughs> I mean, we're probably we're maybe on the other side of this, right? The second hey, half. I mean, for what's in existence right now, yes. But then give oh, that's it right. Like, <laughs> give it like what six more days, and then we're back in it. <laughs> All right, housekeeping up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Contact us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Follow us on any platform that you prefer or all the platforms because that helps us with discoverability. And leave a like, a comment, and a short review. We appreciate it. The easiest way is word of mouth. Tell a friend to become corrupted by darkness by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. We're back with more Star Guardians. Uh, Stardians. (laughs) (laughs) Stardians. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as far as uh, we mentioned at the start of this, this is part six. Uh, if you haven't listened to our other episodes, uh, please go listen to them, not only because we want you to, but also because it uh, all kind of ties together. We covered a lot of ground already. So if you're just jumping into this now, thank you for jumping in, but you might be a little lost if you don't listen to the previous episodes. Because uh, we have covered pretty much the beginning of the Star Guardians. We've covered the first short stories where they went to Camp Targon um, to meet the next team. We covered the bios of both of the teams. We even covered a slumber party before we got into this story. And this is still just the second part of this story. So there's a bunch going on. Um, and specifically with part five. Uh, continuing this story, we know that Val- the city of Valoran is under attack by some cosmic force, and the previous members of Ari's team, Zaya and Rakan, have shown their faces, so we know that they're alive, but they have been corrupted. And during the fight between the Star Guardians and Rakan and Zaya, uh, Misfortune, or Sarah, goes off chasing... Or goes off to save a civilian who happens to be Akali, but the civilian Akali decides to run off to find her friend Kaisa. And that's where we pick up, is with Misfortune trying to 
keep a Kali alive while the world is practically ending. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're listen, if you're jumping in here and you're just chilling with the vibes, then you really just like the sound of our voices because this is definitely not a place to jump in. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the place. But I mean, I get it. I get it. Like Ryan, I could listen to your voice. I don't know about mine. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I understand it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. carry oh, okay. the weight. You carry the weight of the people that are just jumping <laughs> in now. The, the vocal weight. <laughs> <laughs> so as Hetch mentioned, we pick up on this story after Kali runs off. She went in the direction of the purple blast we saw. Sarah mentions that she thinks it's Syndra casting something, uh, but Kali doesn't know who a Syndra is. Uh, anyway, she's off in that direction, and Sarah leaps into the sky and starts scanning the city, right? It's time to do some superhero-type shit. Uh, and she finds out where she is so that she can stop her. She heads in that direction, and she finds a Kali deep in some rubble trying to dig through it to get out a person that's buried. She can only see the cloth of this, whatever this person's wearing, kind of hanging out the edges of the rubble. And then, uh, you know, there's spells kind of flying close overhead to where Akali is, and she calls out to Akali. Yeah, and with this, this flight really does carry a lot of the scene for us as far as really setting the stage to build the map, uh, so to speak, because... Sarah's getting to see just how widespread the destruction uh, is all across Valoran. And this is also the point that um, that Miss Sarah or Miss Fortune is fully aware that this is Zoe's doing. So a lot of this destruction isn't just, you know, random debris falling around. It's black holes being op- black holes or portals being opened up by Zoe. And the things flying across the sky are actual paddle stars. Uh, like Zoe's ability in game. And we get to see like a lot of the different destruction rubble and a lot of casualties that are happening, like what misfortune comes across with a Kali here. So she just comes back down because, you know, it was, she was getting surveying the field being a superhero. And now it's like, Oh, it's still this girl. And I still got to keep her alive. <laughs> yeah, she mentions a couple times in the previous part and here that, you know, she's babysitting. She's on babysitter duty right now. Um, she doesn't even have the time to do the Star Guardian stuff. Uh, and that's kind of some foreshadowing. Uh, and there's more foreshadowing here where uh, she ignores what she's saying, what Sarah's saying, until Sarah actually pushes her aside and shoots a piece of rubble that was flying towards her, uh, saving her life, but adding to the rubble on top of this person, which is a dark scene for them to write out. Um, And then as that happens, she grabs Akali and kind of launches them both into the air to get away from the area. And at this point, Akali's in tears and she's yelling that, you know, Sarah doesn't know for sure that that person under the rubble can't be saved. And that type of delusion, you know, Sarah's kind of given up trying to talk through or reason with Akali at this point because those same delusions she's having are the same ones she had when the incident on the quote unquote lonely planet happened with Ari a long time ago. Yeah. And this is. Like, it's a really dark way to show that, you know, Miss Fortune has grown as a Star Guardian uh, and has grown to understand Ari's decision um, because, you know, that's something that she's been struggling with for 
ever since the Ari's team's been introduced. Like the more about misfortune we learn, the more that we learn that she struggles with the loss of her previous teammates. Uh, so, you know, it's one thing to say like, Oh, look, she's growing as a person, but no shooting more rubble onto this person's <laughs> body. To be, and like, and then just looking at a collie, like I made a call. I yeah. made a call. Yeah. And it's just like, look, okay, we get it. She learned, she learned a lesson, but, Damn, you got to go this hard about it, Riot? <laughs> yeah, this whole chapter is pretty much foreshadowing for later. Um, and this, oh, by the way, this part is called The Darkest Night, and this chapter is what was lost. And this takes us into the next chapter. And we also need to mention, you know, we talk about Lux and how Lux is clearly dealing with anxiety. A lot of how she's written represents that well. If you haven't figured out by now, Sarah is suffering from PTSD. That, that, that is what this is. It has been for the longest time. And now that we actually have galactic shit happening on quote unquote Runeterra, this is bringing up more things, interacting with characters like Akali that are behaving like she used to when she was more naive. Interacting with these civilians is just bringing up more and more of that. Uh, and they constantly have been referring to her trying to push these negative thoughts and bad feelings back. And I bring that up because this will come into play later down the road. Yeah. And I mean, PTSD is definitely the word for it because it's something that misfortune keeps saying up to this point is that it's so much easier to just be fighting bad guys. Yep. Like it's all this other stuff, like all these thoughts and everything. It's too difficult for her to deal with. So it's easier to be the hero instead of having to deal with herself yep. uh well if that's not ptsd i i've learned nothing <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us to chapter seven labeled promises like fire and this is where sarah's now in her head she's kind of thinking about her original team and how they were taken out one by one by zoe she says that rakan was the first one uh to get clapped and then followed by nico who took an arrow to the knee um Wait, how old is that? <laughs> how old does that mean? No. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's really not that old because, I mean, like, what, the last release of Elders? Oh, they just kept Skyrim. releasing it, so refreshes yeah, it was only the like two years hours. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Nico takes a spell to the chest. And it's not really mentioned how Zaya died, which is on purpose because Sarah's kind of um, hesitant about what actually happened to Zaya during that event. So this is related to everything we mentioned earlier. Um, in the midair, so we're still in the air, right? She's flying off, whatever. Akali keeps demanding that Sarah put her down. And then Akali finally mentions that she's looking for her friend, Kaisa. Now, this is something she's never mentioned up until this point of just being difficult, which is an important factor because Sarah's just been lost to this point of why are you being so ridiculous? Are you just having a concussion? Are you having, you know, are you going through the denial and stuff like the PTSD I deal with? Yeah, I mean, and the bottom line is that Akali has been very difficult up to this point and hasn't, the only information she's given Sarah at, up to now is that every time Sarah says, hey, kid, because, you know, she's trying to keep 
Akali from dying. Akali responds with, my name is Akali. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only information she's gotten up to this point. So it's like, I'm looking for Kaisa. And it's like, okay, thank God you're talking now. Yeah. You, you're not treating me like a hallucination that's trying to kill you. So, um, I mean, that's great as far as for Sarah, but it's not any better because it's like, I mean, the whole world essentially is falling apart here. The entire city is going to be looking for people. So now it's just like, okay, well, I've got to go do the Star Guardian thing. Like, this is what I'm here to do. So I got to go and join the fight. And of course, Akali is looking at Sarah going, will you find Kaisa? And if you've ever been around like dark humored friends like mine, uh, the first thing that you don't do when it's something you've got to say goodbye to quickly is give it a name. So, you know, at the beginning, Sarah could just be like, yeah, you know what? If your friend, if I see a friend, I'll save them. Yeah. But no, now it's like, can you go save Kaisa? And it's like, you gave her a name. (laughs) You gave her a name. Now, now I've got a promise that I'll try. Great. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, But some jokes aside, Sarah does, you know, give a promise to Kali that she'll do her best, but she flies away knowing full well that it's likely to be a promise that she can't keep. Yeah. Um, and you know, Sarah's not really in a place where she can do anything other than her job at this point, right? So, this then takes us to chapter eight, which is a ringing voice. And Sarah's now flying towards uh Valorant Park and she sees Zaya Rakan, but not the other team. So, obviously, this is concerning due to her previous worries. And <clears throat> Zaya immediately attacks her. Like, listen, I love the consistency that Zaya's always on site. It doesn't matter what's <laughs> going on. If she sees her target, she's about the action. She, like, the only the only thing that she might change is, you know, like, take a second to take her earrings out. Like, but it is on site. <laughs> and it's, and it has been absolutely consistent up to this yeah. point of just hatred and eyes, go for the kill. Yeah, and at this point, like, it's not even throwing her feather. She just dive bombs (laughs) at Sarah and she ends up getting knocked away by this blast of wind. So that's when (laughs) Jana and Soraka show up and they arrive with Lulu and Poppy riding on their shoulders. And then soon after sprinting behind them is Lux, Ezreal and Jinx and proper to Jinx's personality as well. She wastes no time lining up a rocket shot and it actually clips Rakan. And now you have this back and forth where, okay, no, Zaya responds by throwing a quill at Ezreal's familiar or Ezreal or throwing a quill, sorry, at Jinx. Ezreal deflects it. And then Sarah kind of asks them, hey, can y'all clear a path so I can get to Syndra and see what's going on? Right. And this is kind of a hard scene to really like cover because it's like there's so much going on in this fight. Um, We would just be reading it verbatim. So this is if this is the kind of stuff that you do enjoy, this is this is a part of the story I would encourage like to go read because uh, until Riot decides to bless us with, you know, arcane special that is just the Stardians, um, 
well, you know, we, we, this is the best we've got. So uh, something to go read because a lot of these, a lot of the descriptions of the fighting in this chapter and going forward are super cool. Like they're, they're super cool mixed in with a bit of corniness to be like, haha, yeah. we come from a video game. Yeah. They're well done. Um, they're not forgotten realms level. Like you're not going to get any descriptions like, you know, restored and doing shit. Cause that's, no. that's kind of peak level <laughs> describing action. But this does a really solid yeah. job of keeping for, it brisk too. Right? This, because this does a solid job for being a short story. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah, like, yeah. This is a great short. If we're going into books, no, this doesn't even make the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it it does pretty well. Um, so yeah, so <clears throat> Ezreal does something uncharacteristic after this point, where he's like, "Yeah, we can clear away," and he teleports to Rakan and just tackles them, and they just start brawling like two dudes, just two dudes outside of a bar, just brawling. Right. And that's something that everybody's like, okay, that's an option. And then Isaiah responds by dashing over to try to help him. But Jinx follows up with a barrage of bullets because that's what she's good at. And Sarah immediately just takes off in the direction of Syndra. And she ends up passing through uh, Paddle Star Circle uh, where she sees Syndra and a little girl in a swing who we know is Zoe. Yeah, and th this has been something that has been built up like ever since the uh, the, the second video that they put out for the Star Guardians. And they, for anyone following, it was something that is telegraphed in this story because, you know, it's paddle stars falling from the sky, not just stars falling. Um, so it's like, okay, we finally get to see the big bad uh, and I love that the first big bad we get is Zoe because it's kind of like this, you know, that same spirit of Lulu of just quirkiness, except this time, like the dialogue for Zoe in this story is very dark, uh, very, very dark. So we can get into it. <laughs> yeah. She kind of looks at Sarah. as She walks in and she smiles and then there's this passage um, that's kind of eerie. It says, Laughter on a lonely planet, friends screaming, falling around her, the taste of chaos and magic scorching her tongue, cold, fameless, or fathomless eyes, a grin that promised nothing and everything. Zoe. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, again, it's like the same take as, like, with Lulu, these very eccentric and whimsical characters, whereas with Lulu, they dug into it. Yeah. With Zoe, they went, hey, what if she was really messed up in the head? Yeah. Like, what if it was Jinx that was Zoe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, you're right. This is probably the biggest character shift out of everyone when they yeah. translate it to this universe for the purposes of the story. Yeah, like, and, and I mean, and we covered Zoe uh, when we went over, like, Runeterra champions from the card game. Uh, so it, if you want, you could go listen to that episode to get an idea of what Zoe's like from traditional Runeterra. But Zoe's very much just a kid, like an innocent girl with just infinite cosmic power. So then she can literally take celestial beings and treat them like house pets, which she kind of does because she's just a little girl. Yeah. So that is... Her character is just little girl trying to have fun. Yeah. And then we get to the Star Guardians, and it is just, you know, a cold, fathomless eyes, a grin that promised nothing. Zoe. 
And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> One of these is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, Stephen King, is that you? Did you <laughs> they bring in a ghost rider, but... Oh my God! We have Val- uh, the letters of Valorant start to shift, and it turns out to actually be in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Got to keep it grounded. <laughs> so Syndra, seeing Sarah coldly, you know, tells her, "Why are you here? You shouldn't be here." And Sarah thinks, "Well, have they been fighting? What's been going on?" But. Sindra doesn't look like she's harmed in any manner or even tired. And then Zoe kind of starts her monologue type situation where she begins bringing memories of the last time they fought uh, when the old team died. And then she starts to get aggro where she actually attacks Sarah from the back using the paddle star shenanigans. And it sears her skin with a star shaped um, black like emblem um, that begins writhing in her back. And then Syndra, in response to that, puts distance between herself and this situation and kind of just still just watching. And at that moment is when Zaya kind of catches up to them and she walks up and puts her foot on uh, Sarah, keeping her on the ground. And Zoe comments that, you know, you know, there, there's a lot going on here dialogue wise, bouncing around. And Zoe makes a sly comment at Zaya that her new friends are probably stronger than Zaya, which is why she cares about them more than Zaya, and this pisses Zaya off. She throws a feather at Syndra, and then her multi-familiars eat them, which is hilarious. And then Rakan arrives, because he has to go where Zaya is, and Lux follows him. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Uh, but the situation that's set up seems to be where Zoe, even though it seems like Zaya and Rakan are working on behalf of Zoe, sort of, she's kind of egging them on to do this stuff and looking down on them and playing on the situation rather than having any clear goal. Yeah. Like Zoe's definitely acting more like a puppet master, but not Good necessarily words. Yeah. Like, but she's not wink, necessarily wink. like fully in control, yeah. Um, which like kind of feeds into the idea of her just egging Zaya on because it's like, well, for whatever Zoe's plans are, she's clearly like, Hey, I still need you to treat sarah as on site so go go ham and i'm gonna stir the pot to make sure that you're going ham um now one of the things that's very interesting about everybody showing up to the scene specifically with sarah showing up first is that zoe was fighting Sindra because they were guided here by the explosions caused by multi which is Sindra's familiar and Sindra is kind of unharmed at this point. So there's even moments that it's written out where it's like, hey, uh, Sindra is pretty dang strong because we know that Rakan and Zaya were strong enough to hold off nearly eight Star Guardians by themselves. And Zoe is the one pulling the string, so you would assume she's stronger. But Sindra is holding her own against that. Uh, so... This kind of plays into that whole idea of like, you know, that story that has been set up that no one really fully trusts Sendra and no one knows what Sendra is actually up to. But it's not something that they can focus on right now because Zaya has got her earrings out and she's going to curb stomp a bitch. So it's like there's no time to think about it. But we've noticed that Sendra's strong as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 
So now Zaya walks back over to where Sarah is, and she begins kind of torching her with the gruesome details of what happened that day or night on that planet. And Zoe's, you know, summoning stars that are raining down, and they start to separate that specific group, those three, from the rest of the group. And as she did this, uh, Sarah can now see, because Zaya's kind of holding her face up to look into her eyes, she can see that some Zoe's like feeding on the dark energy of Zaya's anger and pain. And then Sarah's back is also throbbing and pulsing with that corruption. And it seems like Zoe's feeding on her. So they're now isolated. Zoe's feeding on both of them. This is not a good situation. And then Sarah hears like someone screaming other than the voices in her head. And they're telling her, you know, don't give up. And Zoe's also confused to who this is. And the stars stop. They stop falling. And as that happens, Rakan kind of runs over towards where Sarah is, stops himself, grabs Zaya, and ends up pulling her back away from Zoe, kind of being hesitant on what's going on. And then Sarah notices that the girl yelling is Kaisa. Yeah, this is a fun reveal because uh, up to this point, no one has met kaisa other than akali akali and kaisa have been entirely separate from this entire storyline and have only been roped in when akali had to be saved from the flower stand being exploded um and it's really interesting that this essentially a civilian calls out over this superhero battle of just you know words of encouragement and not only does it not only does it resonate well enough with the heroes to where Sarah looks at her and goes, that has to be Kaisa. That has to be the girl that Akali is basically killing herself for. Not only does it resonate to have that conclusion, but it also resonates to where this diabolical evil that is strong enough to destroy a planet just stops what she's doing. It's like, who's that? Who's, who said that? No, 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 no. Who's interrupting my show? Like, so I like this, this scene kind of like makes no sense to me. Because yeah, it has some Joker vibes to it. Yeah. Like there's, there's definitely some Joker vibes, but it's like, it, it, it's the fact that it's like, it carries around like the whole atmosphere for the star guardians as well as Zoe, like it put everything on hold. And it's so weird to me, but it's like borderline entertaining because it's just like, what, like, w was it the tone? Like, was it the inflection that she <laughs> put on her, her words? I don't know. Like, it's crazy, but it's just a normal person going, hang in there, guys. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's, it's, it's a mix of that awkward environment with the cheesiness of believe in yourself. You can do it. Never give up. That's kind of what Kaisa's doing here. And Zoe's kind of telling her, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. She's ignoring her and just kind of keeps spreading that message, that good yeah. news. And, uh, and as for everyone that's been keeping up with our prior episodes, we mentioned the Sentai genre of Japanese media a lot. And then this is it. This is exactly what it is. It's hold on to the good feelings. Never give up. Love will conquer all. And 
uh, like this is the embodiment of that spirit, and it's literally just a normal high school girl just screaming. Well, listen, we all saw Dragon Ball. Force. We all Give saw me Dragon your Ball Z, energy. and we know how strong spirits are. <laughs> so all of the Star Guardians around them are being very careful and just kind of watching, just like how Rakan is watching, uh, because the way they're set up in this park, like where they're all located. They know if Zoe does something, they can't get to Kaisa fast enough. So they have to kind of play it very safe. And then suddenly two stars kind of crash into the ground, thinking they're paddle stars. Uh, but it turns out to be Ari and Nico. And finally, Zoe's like, fuck this, and goes nuts. And this is absolutely huge because you know that we we've been going over just how delicate of a line that misfortune's been walking ever since the beginning of this attack with her own mental state because she's been worried about Ari. She's also been upset at Ari for not letting her in on whatever's going on. The moment that she sees Zaya and Rakan, she remembers her old team and, you know, Ari, Zaya, Rakan, misfortune, that's only four people. So it's like, hey, the fifth, could Nico still be alive? Um, so this is a huge turning point as far as for misfortune. So it's really, it is nice that we're getting this part from her perspective. Uh, but it is definitely the, like this weird kind of stalemate of just everyone holding still. So Kaisa doesn't die is entirely broken by yeah. it. Like whatever spell Kaisa was able to just play on people through the sheer power of the drama club is <laughs> now disappeared with Ari and Nico showing up because it, it we we go into hyperdrive from here. Yeah, and this finally resolves and brings the uh, light and shadow video that we've referenced so many times that was kind of like an Ari Gaiden story um, back into the fold because we now know after Ari shows up at the end of that video, they leave. And she brings Nico back to this point where Zoe's now um, in Runeterra. Yeah. So that takes us to chapter nine, the monster, uh, which is the, I, I mean, when I think of Zoe, that's the first thing I think of. That's the first word that comes, word association. <laughs> word, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, someone who can like basically imprison Aurelian soul has to be a monster, right? True. <laughs> Uh, so Zoe's now like screaming unnaturally, and that scream turns into this gross laughter, and then she begins to transform, um, which is quite the sight, uh, into some kind of chaos monster, as it's described. They say like her mouth grows, her limbs grow longer, and they start to contort. And Jinx is like, fuck this. She tries to shoot her immediately, but the bullets end up passing through her, and Nico mentions that she can't be hit or attack us during this transformation. So now it's time to figure out a plan. And, and this is really cool because like, it kind of gives us a little bit of knowledge of just how much Nico has seen ever since that day, quote unquote. Yeah. Because this is not the first, like Nico's just reacting to this, like this is not my first rodeo. So this is what we have to do. And she spells out everything. Um, but it like, it's kind of weird because we know that it's more of a literary device to tell you that it's like, you know, this is what's happening to Zoe. Um, so it kind of has like a bit of a narrator vibe to it. Yeah. Um, like, I, I feel like this could have been a scene that we kind of that they could have sped over a little bit more of just yeah, like, you know, 
let the bullets pass through Zoe, have everyone go, huh? And then just, you know, like Zaya and Rakan are still, it's still Zaya. It's still on site. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you could have you, you let us figure it out, right? Yeah, so at this time, Nico runs over to Kaisa and is able to get her. And then Sarah tells her, you know, Akali is fine. I know you're Kaisa. You guys are friends. And as she says this, Akali comes running across the park um, by Ezreal to where they are. And then Kaisa runs to her and they hug. And, you know, Zaya uses this moment, obviously, <laughs> like we've mentioned so many times, to begin another attack. Uh, but Jana is like in full pissed mode. And she ends up trapping her and Rakan with a tornado. And at that point, Sorok is like, we got bigger things to worry about. She points out that Zoe is now a mountain of chaos. Uh, and she was almost done transforming. So like I said, they begin trying to plan, okay, well, what are we going to do next? And I, I I feel so bad for misfortune here because it's like Akali was already such a thorn in her side Yeah. because it's like, I can't, I can't keep this girl still. Like yeah. the world is ending. Find shelter. <laughs> like shelter in place. It's yeah. 2020 all over again. <laughs> and so then and then, you know, now she's wounded. She's dealing with the corruption of Zoe's attack like on her back. And we like uh, right before we go into this chapter, there's a little illustration that just kind of shows like how like grotesque that uh that the corruption is and they keep describing how much pain that misfortune's in so now she's wounded she's yeah. trying to fight this off she's watching zoe transform into a monster and then here comes a collie here comes this girl running across the the park again so not only am i back on babysitting duty <laughs> i'm now hurt and there's two babies yep yeah, it's like tell me you're a single mother without telling me you're a single mother. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like I feel for it. I feel for it in this scene. But true, um, that's like, a great way to put it. Yeah, the struggle is real. The struggle that's the is metaphor real. here. Yeah, the, the struggle is real. But as far as for like you know the Star Guardians trying to make a plan, um, we again are kind of seeing this more from Misfortune's perspective and she is put on babysitting duty again and it's not for you know the same reasons as before where lux benched her because she was too close to whatever was happening now she's on babysitting duty because you're hurt like you're hurt you you can't you can barely stand so i too bad go watch the kids <laughs> Yeah, and as this back and forth is going on, Zaya and Rakan are able to break from Janna's tornado spell, and Zaya goes to attack Nico. And luckily, it turns out that the one she attacks is the clone, and the real one appears behind her, leg sweeps her, and then takes off into the forest nearby. And then Rakan throws a fair uh, feather at Ari, but Ari kind of easily dodges it and to add insult to injury when she dodges it it ends up clipping sarah <laughs> and she's like fuck and then the ground begins to quake <laughs> again i feel for her so bad in this this, this feels like 
So in the Camp Targon episode, if you guys listen to that one, we talked about the internal abuse and turmoil. Sorry, that got there. Lux. I got there. That <laughs> Lux was going through right with all the stuff going on. Nothing would let up. It was just relenting thing after thing. This feels like the physical rendition that's happening to Sarah right now. Yeah, I got got a paddle star in the back. Got this corruption going on. Oh God, how bad is that? And yeah. like, am I going to turn into like Zaya and Rakan? Oh God. Well, at least the worst if it's over. Get clipped by a feather. Still, son <laughs> of a bitch. It's one of those moments you hope the writer isn't smiling while they're writing this as they torture <laughs> this character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but this quake takes us into the final chapter for this part, which is what is found and. The other Guardians take to the sky to avoid the Tremors. Makes sense. It's a very logical thing to do. They're being protected by a barrier that they think is either Syndra or Janna, not sure, um, from the falling paddle stars or the falling starlight stuff. And then Sarah, who, you know, would have to stay behind at this point, is on the ground because she can't really move like they can move. She's completely incapacitated at this point. Uh, And she tells Zaya, you know, okay, I can't physically do anything anymore. We need to talk. And we need to stop this fighting. And Arya agrees, right? And Zaya begins to rant how, you know, they died and then they left them and Zoe brought them back as almost like playthings. And it made me think, zombies? <laughs> zombies? <laughs> Are they zombies? I mean, it, it, you like, mentioned Puppet Master earlier, which is kind of the nail on the head. Yeah. And like, but like zombies really isn't like that far off either because like it's said like within this rant and alluded to before like from uh when Rakan and Zaya first show up like misfortune's memories that they were dead and then so then not only not only did they know for a fact that they were dead they are now standing in front of them and Zaya and Rakan are saying we experienced our deaths we yeah. we died and yet here they are still acting a fool and like just throwing hands immediately so it's like okay so what what is going on here what is true yeah it's like what is true like what is it that zoe did to y'all to like keep you here but also to kill who you were and the only thing that we do know for a fact is that Zoe is feeding upon their energy. Yeah. But the more that Zaya goes on in this rant, the more that it becomes apparent from this rant and when she had misfortune on the ground and Sindra saved her, um, like it's becoming more apparent that Zoe's feeding off of Zaya more than anyone else. Like Zaya is yeah. feeding into it the most, which I think is one of the reasons why we have Ari and Sarah both being like, please just stop. Like, like stop. You are making it so much worse, honey. <laughs> yeah. In many ways. And it's like, even with Zoe in the sky, she's feeding on, she's like drawing this negative energy upwards to her as she's transforming into this monster. And this is the first point where we get a Rakan who in a calm moment says, why did you guys leave us kind of thing? And Ari chimes in saying that they were dead. She was like, you died. And then the other two were dying and she had to make the call, which is a callback to what Sarah kept saying while Ari was absent. And she had to make that call before also losing Sarah, who was her last member at that point as a team leader. 
So she did that, and she was like, "Okay." So we left, and Zaya says, "No, you should. You should. We should all die together." Which, okay, that's some high school drama shit. But <laughs> Sarah then mentions that she wanted to. She wanted to throw herself at Zoe and die as well because after that happened, or during that time frame, or sorry, during that event, she knew she wouldn't be able to live with the fear, or sorry, with the grief of what just happened. And this, this is the part where. I have a little hesitation because as Hetch just mentioned perfectly well that we keep bouncing around. Did they really die? What really happened? Some are saying they died. Some are saying they were dying. Did they really die? Did Zoe interfere at some point and turn into a puppet master situation? Are they zombies? Like what is really happening with this? And I think it's being thrown around a bit too much at this point in the story where it's almost like either give us an answer or don't. Right. Because right. now now we're just as confused as we were parts like many parts ago. Right. Um, I mean, like it especially since there's been so much Star Guardian content that has been put on, on our plate with the promise of more coming yeah. sooner rather than later. I'm hoping this is something that we touch on more because like we we know that the, like the corruption has like a tie to Zoe because it was a paddle star that's got it happening to misfortune right now. Um, so it's like, maybe this corruption is the answer there. Um, does it maybe actually have the, her spirit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but does it have like, is it a mind control thing yeah. or is it a revival thing? Like, do you actually kill the person with it? Like those, those are questions that we don't know yet, but I, I mean, I would like to hold out hope that they will answer those questions later on. But for right now, it's just kind of like, you know, we keep touching on it without an answer and they won't give us an answer. So it's like, so stop touching on it then. <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep the story going. Uh, yeah. One thing to notice as well is, you know, we're going back to light and shadow the video again, because it's very important to know that the part where Nico's back. So Nico's fine. Nico's just a standard Star Guardian, right? At this point. Rakan doesn't seem corrupted like Zaya is. It just he seems like he's doing protecting Zaya, but Zaya's fully corrupted. So that also makes it more confusing as they're all in three different states of being at this point. Right. Um that don't really help. And you know, Rakan then does something interesting here, which is where we're going to leave off on the story, where he tells Zaya, you know what, stop listening to them since they let them die and they're liars. And then he whispers something to her, and then Ari's ears kind of perk up because she's a fox girl. Don't remember that. I mean, don't forget that part, right? Yes. I, was, I was thinking yeah. about that. I was like, her ears perked up, and then I had to remind myself, they're not human, or are they? Who knows? But she's a fox girl. I mean, I mean, we have like two Vestayas who are covered in feathers who can grow yeah. them at will and throw them around. <laughs> That are, you know, in a mortal combat with a <laughs> half fox, half human, while a yordle throws a fairy in the face of God. <laughs> what are you trying to say to me right now? Just I, say I'm, it. You I'm, try, I'm trying to say, you know, re- suspend <laughs> your disbelief. Hence, you're being as cryptic as whether they died or not. All right? And I don't appreciate it. <laughs> So this ends with Rakan saying this thing. Ari notices, and then they both look up to where Zoe's pretty much finished her transformation. She's preparing her final attack. And then Ari nods, and Rakan starts grinning. And that's where we leave off. Man, what what a powerful stance to take as far as, like, ending, 
you know, a part because this is uh, like split up into like these three parts as far as the way that they presented the short story to us. Yeah. Um, so even though it's like the 10th chapter, it's like, ha- you know, at the end of the second part. And that's a power move to be like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like the bad guy and this girl who has not been present through any of this <laughs> are now winking at each other. Like, ah, I know a dirty little secret and the world's about to end. And it's like, man, that is, <laughs> that is some power moves right there. Um, but I mean, like for this one, uh, like as far as this part, the, the fighting and the action is definitely what I was more interested in because a yeah. lot of the, They do a good job of telling the story as far as like letting us know what happened. Like the more details that we're getting, we can formulate a picture of what happened in the previous video. So it's like, okay, now we understand that video better. But uh, the dialogue, as you said earlier, is very high schoolish of just like, we should all have died together. Sign the suicide pact. Yeah. Best friends forever. There should be, I hope, I don't know if Star Guardians get, you know, healthcare benefits, but Sarah needs <laughs> to talk to someone. There's a lot here for obvious yeah. reasons. But I mean, it's one of those cases where at this point now, like you mentioned, there's a couple there's a couple points we want to bring together. So kind of in conclusion, this reinforces our theory that they're planning on releasing some sort of animation uh, in the future, whether it be a feature length thing like Arcane or a small kind of OVA type approach where it's a few episodes. Uh, because the detail that's put into specifically this part on the fights, because there's constant back and forth action. There's a lot of dialogue. Like it's set up like almost a screenplay. So we could see that functioning better in that format rather than a pure story. It's almost like they're just flooding us with content. So they have that for that purpose. So we're going to use this as a little detective sleuthing towards our case we're trying to build here. And if we're right, we told you so. And not <laughs> like not only because of like the amount of details they put into like the fights themselves, but the way that they're actually presenting questions with the fights. Like we touched on with Syndra being able to hold her own with Zoe up before everybody shows up. Um, it's like one, you know, we've been pointing out that Syndra is not the most trustworthy. So that's already a big question mark. And that's more of a question that I care about more because it's it's one that I had to reach for instead of constantly being reminded that, hey, here's a question that we haven't answered yet. Ha ha ha. But not only that, then with the fighting, it's not just that they are, you know, being attacked and they're counterattacking. The details they go into kind of gives you more ideas of like just how powerful some of the Star Guardians are away from the other ones. Uh, like the way that Rakan is able to shield Zaya in some of these fights and like is almost like way faster than he should be able to move. Yeah. Oh, um, no, I played League of Legends. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. it's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's been tortured um, by Rakan's on yeah. ladder. Uh, so, but like, you know, Rakan's speed, it seems to be faster than some of the other Star Guardians. And then you have, um, like, everyone is shooting these feathers down, but Syndra is literally eating them. Like, yeah. Multi is straight up eating them instead of just, you know, knocking them away or something like that. So it's like, what, 
it's like okay so there's very minute details in the way that they're fighting too so why why are there details especially around the most suspect member of the group too and so i i think that those things one visually it would be better to see yeah. it but it's also more interesting just because it's not harped on over and over again um like i frankly do not I, 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 like at this point i was kind of burned out with the uh but that day, the Lonely Planet is like, no, we got enough of that. All right, we now have <laughs> yeah. enough to formulate the picture. It's time to answer and, questions. And then we escalate to, we all should have died together. And it's like, oh man, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I could either ride the emotional roller coaster like I was when I was fifteen, or I can just hold out for some more action and see how Zoe breaks the planet. I, I, I like that one. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how Zoe breaks the planet. All right. Well, so, you know, on that positive note, <laughs> on that very cheery note, that's it for the episode. So once again, you get another badge of honor if you've made it to this part six and made it all the way through. We always thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next and final part for this story, uh, Star Guardian episode. Um, Star Guardian, I believe you mean Stardian <laughs> episode. <laughs> All right, well, take care, everybody.